Welcome back to the Women of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to chat all things Marvel and more. It's Judy. It's Anna. We have a bonanza of an episode. I was really excited to use that word. Uh, we are returning to the set of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for season six. We are always honored and and just I just love talking to all the ladies of S.H.I.E.L.D. They're all amazing people uh, and they've really done so much for, for Marvel, for Marvel's fans and all that stuff. So we're actually... Uh, welcoming back Chloe Bennett, Natalia Cordova Buckley, who plays Yo-Yo, and Ming-Na Wen, who plays uh, Melinda May. And it was just, uh, I, I, I had the honor to sit in uh, in each one of their uh, trailers uh, on the set uh, a few months ago and just talk to them about six years and, and being renewed for season seven and just what it means for them to be able to return to their characters and bring depth to them every year because, you know, you have like Chloe Bennett, whose character has had so many different names, and and then we were able to talk to her about her new costume in season six with the purple hair, which is a, a throw to Marvel Rising. Yay! Um, and we talked to Natalia about you know coming from joining the cast sort of halfway through the the epic years of this, and then becoming one of the family, and then obviously. You know, Ming, Ming-Na is just so lovely. She's a Disney family through and through. Every time I talk to her, I'm like, oh, my God, it's Milan. But then I remember that she's still so cool. And she's just, they're all so great to their fans. And it's just so lovely. I, last time we talked to her, I was like, Ming-Na, like, you look the same as you did when you're, like, filming Mulan. Oh, my God. When she was on the carpet for Captain Marvel, yeah. she looked like, I was like, what do you use for your skin? Yeah, she looks amazing. I mean, they they all look amazing. They're all beautiful and stunning and talented and all of the things. But Ming-Na is like just she's classic she's a pro yeah also she had crimped her hair for that like yeah <laughs> and it was like she looks so good yeah but yeah well we have actually more content coming for shield soon uh so stay tuned for that but first let's kick it off to chloe i am sitting in a very quiet and soothing trailer it's quiet because the air conditioning's off so it might get uh, hot <laughs> oh that's all right because we're in it's gonna get steamy you sunny guys. la and yes. i have chloe bennett with me hello hi. hi i meant to sort of go back and count all the many times what we've talked in the last six ish years it's plus crazy. six plus because i remember being in the room at annual mm. comic-con mm. And you guys came out for the first time. Mm. You guys broke ground for Marvel TV and and also for female characters on the screen. Mm-hmm. Just what has it been like to sort of look back on the many years, the many months, the many days on set? It's so crazy. And then like oddly normal. It feels like we've been here for six years. You know what I mean? Like there's part of it that really does feel that way. And then it, you just think about how time flies being present in all of those significant moments have been such a treat. And I was so young. Like, I was 20 when I started. I'm, I'll be tw- – I'm 26 now. So this was a huge part of my growth as a person. The show has been pivotal. And, and, and weirdly, like, the things that my character have gone through has – a lot of it's been emblematic of things in my life as well and – I think the writers do a really good job of like pulling different versions of yourself out for for each phase that we're in. I mean, I think of my life in seasons. I don't think of years. I think of like, oh, what was that? That was season four. Like the fact that we've done six is so mind-blowing. It's so mind-blowing. Yeah. Well, you talk about being casted at 20, right? Mm -hmm. You know, when when we're all 20, we all think that we're so... Mm -hmm. We're an adult, right? Because we're like, we can vote. We're almost legal to drink. We can vote. But... You definitely had the ability to sort of grow up on set and also be surrounded by such an amazing cast and crew. But what has it been like for you to sort of come into yourself as a woman on this show? It has been a process, to be honest. It's a really, I'm very lucky in the sense that I am surrounded by such great mentors. I have such a bond with Marissa and Jed and they feel kind of like pseudo parents in a way but also weirdly my birthday is their wedding date anniversary oh really yeah marissa and i were just talking about that about how like crazy that is i just have such a connection with marissa first and foremost and then obviously like the wonderful women that we get to work with on a daily basis it's been amazing in that way but it's also you can't deny that this is an, an incredibly hard industry to be in kind of the rise of social media has happened while this show has been on self-worth can be drawn from so many different wrong things. I feel really, really lucky to have a show that 
in one way, it puts you in the spotlight to receive that hate or pressure or love or whatever it is. But then it also, because I'm surrounded by such great people, it also grounds you. So it's interesting. It's been really crazy. Also, I think there's something to say about like birth order. Time Magazine did a whole big thing on like birth order and how much that shapes you and your family. And being the youngest of the show has really shaped a lot of really great things about me. It has uh, heightened insecurities about me. It has been a different upbringing than the one I have with my like, you know, birth family rather than the chosen family that is S.H.I.E.L.D. So it's been a really interesting six years. I've changed so much. Over the years of talking to you, just listening to the interviews, you really matured. Yeah, yeah. And I Crazy. Mean that, and I mean that in like a really positive <laughs> Thank way. You. I'm not an actor, so I don't mm. know how much effort really goes into being mm-hmm. a character. But Daisy has really gone through some mm-hmm. interesting, intense experiences mm. of, of, of these six seasons, of these last five and going yeah. into this six. And also coming into powers. Yeah, yeah. It's weirdly poetic especially the past year just being a woman I feel like women in general have come into the power of what being a woman means and getting to experience that quite literally on the show was weirdly more important to me than I think I noticed while I was shooting you know it was really hard for me to take myself seriously you know, you see her become a little bit more of a leader. You see her, you know, taking control. You see her saying, you know what, I respect that decision, but this is what I'm going to do. And that was really hard for me because this business and in general, especially for women, it's a really easy place to put your needs aside and make other people feel comfortable. And ultimately, like you have to take care of yourself, then you can take care of other people. And I think that I've learned a lot through Daisy in that and just in my life, like the past you know, six years. I really feel like the lessons that Daisy has learned on screen have subconsciously seeped into my brain and and um, and it's so heightened. I mean, it's been kind of a surreal experience. Yeah. There's something about being the youngest that I was really insecure about at the beginning of the show. You don't think you're good enough to be there or like your instincts are off because you don't have the most experience or because you're the you're the baby kind of coming into my own in terms of having confidence in myself and being powerful and being strong and strength and being a badass does not mean being mean or angry or cold, you know, standing your ground can really be so many different things. You know, we talked a little bit like off off a podcast about sort of allies Mm. and allies are really important and I feel like the show is Mm. full of allies yes and you guys have you you know on the Women of S.H.I.E.L.D. roundtable you guys did last Mm. season and just every time you talked about how Marissa to Ming Mm -hmm. to Elizabeth to you all of you have stood and been allies to each other Mm -hmm. including all the new women that also join you like Natalia yes it's so important to have that support especially from people so directly in your life the way that these women have been and what I love about the group is we're all so different like Elizabeth and I she's so bubbly (laughs) I know we could not be more like the way that we approach different situations are very instinctually opposite but I um, and we both know that but I and then we're obviously like we both love a lot of like things like like bad TV and stuff like that (laughs) but I love the juxtaposition between the different unique types of strong women on the show. And it's been such a treat. I feel like a lot of people tend to respect people that are similar to them. I think really to grow as women and as people is understanding and really respecting people who are different from you. Like a true deep respect. And to me, that's what an ally means. Like understanding your differences and then going, I still really respect you and love you instead of seeing yourself in another person. That person moves you in a different way. So that's been a really special treat to get to just be constantly surrounded by really interesting, different women. I will say I've been incredibly honored to sort of follow along with you guys oh, over these years. And just the the time that you guys mm. give me and Women of Marvel has been amazing. So Especially in the comic book world, like women need to stick together. The fact that I was having trouble being 
powerful. It took me such a long time even living things out physically. So I would hope to inspire, you know, young women to find their inner Daisy or their inner Quake, their inner Simmons, their inner May, their inner Yo-Yo in that way because we should not be ashamed about it or not take themselves seriously about it. Here, here. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Power of the women. Hey, yo. So, okay. Training gears a little bit. Mm. You're filming Mm -hmm. season six right now and this will come out right as we're gearing up for the release. But like, Mm. I don't think we really got a chance to talk a lot about the end of season five. Every year, it's sort of like this climatic, almost traumatic Mm -hmm. experience at the end. But like, what did you feel as you sort of left that season what's it like to rap on something like that and we literally away? shot that last scene of colson's weird funeral party that was the last scene of the season and that was the last day and we shot that scene for like 10 hours we were all crying for the whole time we were crying so much that it's not even in there because they were like it's too much jed very specifically was like we don't want it to be too mopey but we were like all hysterical. <laughs> like me and Elizabeth, we could not get through it. We were looking at each other like, cheers to you. You know, there's a lot of different ways to get emotional in a scene. And sometimes you go method. Sometimes you, you know, you associate something with whatever it is that you're saying. Everyone has different ways. But like all it took was seeing Clark look at us or look at me specifically or look at Elizabeth and, you know, with the love that Clark has for me and that Clark has for Elizabeth and Clark has for everyone else. And then you're looking at people and you just feel it. It's real. I think that's why our show has been so successful and it translates all over the world is because you really can feel the chemistry amongst the cast. And it's kind of crazy because we've been on for so long and there's like 900 shows. I'm like, Jeff, when do you sleep? But (laughs) there's like so many shows and I'm always like, we were the first one. We are the first show. 100 plus episodes. 120 right now. Woof. Woof. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to drink my coffee on that one. <laughs> Is that like your version of like dropping the mic? 100 plus episodes, drink some coffee. People forget what that means because it's 120 hours of content. How many Avengers hours of content do they have? I don't even know. But it's not that much at all. But if you think of it's 100 plus, so that's like eight days of shooting plus pre-pro, plus post. Oh, my God. The amount of hours that you guys spend on set. We literally spend more time than with our actual families here. It's just special. It's really, really, really special. I've grown so much on the show. and I've, But also there's so much room to stay the same. And it's encouraged. It's like such a special, special place. And then Marvel Rising also. Like getting yeah. to do the voice animation has been really fun too. I'm looking at my doll right now and that's so weird. <laughs> I loved Marvel Rising. So I love the shorts. And then going into the feature, it's so cute. And it's one of those things where it's great for adults and for children. Yeah. No, but it is. No, it's so cute. Hey, there's two people in this room that have colored hair. So me. So you leave sort of season five with this traumatic experience. You come into season six, but you really want to sort of have a new look yeah. for, for Daisy for Quake. Because of all the trauma Daisy has been through the, on the show, I really it was important to me that the season she was happy and grounded and she wasn't in mourning and that there's like a sense of like knowing in terms of Daisy and like what we've always done is her look is always changing like every single season she's looked completely different and so it's been fun to like categorize that and I was like I kind of want her to like maybe have found herself in a way obviously like we're in a comic show and a lot of that is the way that you look out on the outside is a huge translation of how you feel on the inside and I just wanted a kind of like a fresh look and they came to me with the idea of making it more structured the outfit and purple yes which is super fun then I kind of had the idea that we should maybe do some purple streaks just to kind of tie everything together and it just makes it more fun and badass and cool and like bold honestly a big reason why specifically for the hair. When I come to work and I put on my superhero costume and I really look at myself in it and I think about myself as a young girl and I look at myself now and I go, wow, I'm I'm a superhero. I can't even believe this. This is crazy. It changes how I walk. It changes my confidence. It changes everything about me when I put that outfit on, when I have the purple in my hair. That's why I think the power of cosplay is so awesome and important and cool, especially for young women or anyone who feels different. You can buy a purple extension for 
five dollars and feel like a superhero and that's the easiest cosplay in the world and could maybe inspire someone to feel a little bit more powerful because the power of like costume to me it really changes my life that's amazing i've been dyeing my hair for forever but Mm. i never like think about it in the context that you just said that Mm. like it gives you sort of a Boost An identity. Of yeah. Mm-hmm. You decide what you look like, right? Because mm-hmm. that is why cosplay is so powerful. There's a lot of weight that I don't take lightly as someone that's representing a lot of different types of people on screen. I go to cons and I'll meet eight versions of like the goth quake, just quake quake, like goth quake streetwear. There's like 800 different versions of what I've done through the past six seasons. But I was like, I just kind of want something that anyone could do easily. And it could, you know, maybe make them feel a little bit more, give them a little strength if they need it. I think what we're going to need to do is, along with this podcast, have a gallery of all the different looks that you've had. Sometimes and I'll way- walk through wardrobe and I'm like, oh my God, that was this. And like, I remember those shoes. Oh, those are the worst. Or you like, should I do like a those- funny montage. You have like a bunch of wigs and you like, season one, I know. season two, season three. Season there would be four. so many. One was long hair, two was bangs, three was short, short, light brown hair, four was short, black hair, goth, quake, and then five was just like medium darkish hair and now I'm blonde with purple medium darkish hair I like that yeah all very different (laughs) (laughs) we've definitely talked at length about your hair and like because usually I walk into the room like I did today and I go oh your hair is different different. (laughs) yeah it's a big part of the character the change of the aesthetic because I think it shows trying to find themselves yeah yeah okay so one of the questions I want to ask all you ladies is you wrapped on a 10-hour shoot. You're going home. What is like the, the thing that you take home? Depends on the day. Okay. <laughs> I would say the biggest thing is a sense of community, knowing that literally at the end of the day, I can rely on so many people here to really be there for me and vice versa. And that's the thing that I will 100% miss the most. If I haven't worked in a few days, I will be back there. Honestly, just like the people, my whole adult life is structured around always coming back here and seeing these people. I leave here feeling warm and like loved because I ultimately have a family here. I mean, that's great. Special. Thanks. Okay. So a slightly funny question that I've started to ask more people on this podcast. What takeout would Daisy order while you're thinking about that? What would you order? Is it the same food? Is it completely different food? I have no idea what Daisy's taste in food is. It's not even something I've ever thought have you about. you never eaten on camera? I ate dry cereal last season. I've eaten like pretzels. I think she would be more into junk food, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, I, I, I feel like we would be the same. I feel like she's like, I'll just take a burger, okay? Like Daisy's version of being healthy is not eating two burgers. It's like eating just one. <laughs> and... I imagine she likes like real Coke, Mexican Coke with a fancy sugar. (laughs) (laughs) And then what would I order? To play Daisy, I have to order so much coffee. <laughs> like I have like seven. <laughs> I know, coffee. I know. You too, really? Look at how many coffee cups I have. Like I am not a superhero. So like I had to like live up to that tenor. I'm like, caffeine. <laughs> like I've been like crazy into peanut butter and jelly this year. Elizabeth has gotten me into sandwiches this year. She always, she's like, I think she just does peanut butter. But it's so dry then. She doesn't want to commit herself to full peanut butter and jelly. We've had this conversation. Yeah, she's like, oh, my sandwich. And she has like this really cute little sandwich bin. She home. makes her own sandwiches. It's so cute. Oh, my God. Elizabeth's the cutest person Now she's world. just going to get deliveries. And you are going to get deliveries of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Please, I honestly cups. love them. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I love them. Ming's been into ramen this year. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a good thing. I like how we're just talking about all the food you guys yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys do hang out for very we, long like, periods of oh, time. Oh, yeah. Too. We talk about the dumbest things for hours. <laughs> yeah. Well, this was amazing. I feel like we could talk more, but I, you have to get back to work. They're texting me. I wonder why. Dun, dun, dun. We have people to, to rescue in space. Oh, yeah. no. They said, do you want anything from Starbucks? Or do you want another coffee? What an exciting text. Are you going to ask for it's another coffee? so relevant. <laughs> Yes, more coffee. Well, thank you so much for thank joining you us. For having this was me. amazing. And uh, looking back at all the different years, it has been an honor to sort of be a likewise. Part of you guys. And it's really fun to kind of document it and kind of, it's a really great way to reflect because it's hard to take time when you're running in between shooting and like really 
slow down and go, oh, my God, it's been six years. <laughs> That's crazy. So this is special. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we'll check you guys later. Bye. Bye. It's Judy again. I'm still on the Amazing Shield set. And I'm really excited to bring another one of the amazing women, Natalia Cordova Buckley. Hello. Hi. Hi. So I have talked to you guys so many times, but every time I come to set, it's kind of like an emotional experience because, you know, you guys are so introspective in your interviews and you're so thoughtful. But let's talk about what it's been like for you to join this cast you know we're going into the sixth season six years seven years and you've been a part of this cast for two years as sort of a full-time cast member but like what has it been like for you to look back on the many days and episodes of being yo-yo the feeling that always comes to mind when when i talk about agents of shield for me is gratitude because before getting agents of shield i had come from mexico and didn't have much and so this was a huge door opening for me i feel extremely grateful to be able to be a part of this cast of this crew of this group of people as a whole i've been blessed thanks to this job with insane enormous lessons in life and professionally too i want to produce one day hopefully direct and just being able to watch your fellow actors like Clark become directors. Just there's a, a lot of allowance in this family to explore creatively. Keith, who is our first AD and has been for almost, I think, the six years, got to do his first directing job with me and Slingshot. And that's what got him to direct an episode this season in season six. The same with Kyle, who was our camera operator for many years and now is a DP. And it was because he did DP and Slingshot that he got then to be DP of a whole season. So to not just be part of seeing these people climb up the mountain and climb alongside them, and in that way, learn, watch them climb, watch what their mistakes and their, their faults and also their assertions and their great acts of kindness and artistry. It's been just a wonderful school to be part of this cast and crew. It's, I always say that it's been the best school in the world. And I don't think you can be more grateful than to learn and to learn, you know, with good people around you. You know, we've talked about for many years about the S.H.I.E.L.D. family, right? You know, allies is a big theme on this podcast because we think it's really important that men and women are allies to each other. And you guys clearly seem like you've become this family that helps each other take that next step in their career or even in maybe in their family or friendship. Yeah, you know, I think uh, humanity has been impacted a lot by isms, racism, sexism, elitism classism all isms separate us and 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 the wonderful thing about a set not in all of them in the good ones in the good sets those isms get sort of forgotten if you're a person that understands that film is teamwork then we're all important so they all become your allies and they all become mentors teachers and they become students at some point it's an energy of everyone feeding off of each other a little bit and uh and again it's reflective of our show because in our show, it is a group of people that are constantly working with each other to save humanity, people they don't even know. And we kind of do that on set every day. We get people together and we try to work with each other to not save humanity, but give it a little bit of hope and entertainment on a show that's about saving humanity. There's such a blend between the sort of fictional world that you guys play and the real life that you are, you know, there like being ally blend. and mentors. And then obviously, you know, how Yo-Yo has sort of come into this like world that everyone sees weekly on TV is amazing, too. Yeah, I'm grateful that my first big character on TV was the kind of woman I would love to continue trying to become. It blends all the time. It's something that Yo-Yo always understood that I'm starting to understand this year. We have this idea that power is bad, right? But there's some of us that when we gain some sort of status in the world, we can actually turn it into something good. And then there's the ones that we know that are in power and turn everything to dust. I was always a little bit worried of wanting power as an actress. I shied away from the fame and all those things. And and now I'm starting to understand that perhaps it comes to you because you could do something great with it. And I think as a superhero, that's what it is. Power is not for you to have it. It's for you to share it. And that's 
yo-yo for me. And she's blended into me a little bit of that belief. So yeah, our fiction and our reality blend all the time within characters and within stories and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, growing up as kids, we want to be superheroes, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever that means. Yeah. But I don't think anyone understands actually what power means, right? Mm -hmm. That power as a superhero, you can like blast walls or run really fast. You know, you can do different things. But then... In the real life, power is nowadays become the voice that you have yeah. on social media. We did a podcast with a bunch of women who worked in gaming, and we talked about the first. I feel like the first of anything is going to have the most backlash. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you don't realize that you're the first. I think that's also mm-hmm. an element. But you know, being a woman who has superpowers on a TV show, but then also being this woman that is a superhero for fans at home. And the first Latina superhero. Yeah. I mean, a person of color is something that we need more of. In Marvel, we're trying to have more and more of them to have our first TV show, because that's important. We have many now, but our first TV show with prominent women and a woman of color, I think, is so monumentous. Yeah, I agree. It's just beautiful to be able to represent someone and in that way get this platform to speak up and say, I play a superhero that, of course, has powers that none of us could have. But there's a power I have as a woman, as Natalia, that is a power that all of us can have and can attain. And it's the power that changes and saves the world. And it's compassion, love, honesty, kindness, and all the wonderful values that we like to receive from others and hopefully therefore give to others. So yeah, we're all superheroes. We just got to believe it. Yeah. And I think that something that Yo-Yo has sort of struggled with, especially in season five, was sort of the loss of power, right? Yeah. Or of being believed of your voice not being heard, which was so interesting for the year it was happening because it was women screaming and not being heard. That last scene with her going, you guys don't believe me. You won't hear me. And I literally was bawling without even needing to be in the moment because I've been there as a woman so many times. On Twitter, most of my female fans said when I heard that scene, which is her talking about, let Colson die, it's just one man. I mean, you know, the context is not really what they're talking about, but they said, I saw myself when I've been depressed and I've been pleading for help, or I saw myself when I've been in front of men saying, hear me out, and they won't. Or I saw myself as a young gay kid that wouldn't come out of the closet. Like, all these people wrote me saying that scene was just a scream for being heard and being seen. And that's belonging, which is, to me, the most powerful thing we can give someone else. Last year had a lot of, whoa, like, whatever they're writing me is almost what we're living through. Yeah. Yeah. That is so Marvel because we've always been slightly in time with the world that's happening. When you were able to do a scene like that, is it a little bit of a release for you to be able to like expel emotion in a scene? Any scene where I'm challenged as an actor is a release. It's my dream. So, of course, there's pleasure in it. Even if you're torturing me and cutting my arms off, I'm going to love it. (laughs) <laughs> that's an interesting introspective to your life it is i'm a bit of a <laughs> are you gonna do some too. horror movies next is that what's the i next would hope it? so yes hollywood hello <laughs> give me some jobs there's such a shift in a human's life when you feel worthy because you're getting to do what you love and that's where my gratitude springs from i get to wake up every day and do exactly what I felt like I wanted to do when I was a little girl. And that's belonging. They gifted me belonging with this show. And it changed my life. And I have to give it back somehow now. So obviously we had this, this sort of traumatic experience at the end of season five. How do you come into season six now? In season five, Yo-Yo really wanted to state her ground as an agent and kind of immerse herself even deeper in the family and say, hear me, I have ideas, I have thoughts. And it wasn't happening so much, which is common, specifically with a group that's been together for so long and you're the newcomer. I think she was a moments too strong and forceful. And so in season six, she's coming in. I am a soldier and I step back and I take orders and I do as I'm told. And I don't give much of an opinion. And I don't make much of a ruckus about it which is a little sad but at the same time it's knowing what battle to fight you can't be a rebel and a police officer you have to follow the system in some way and i think this season has a lot of that learning for yo-yo where 
the rebellious girl we know that's always wanting to go rogue and kind of do things her own way, starting to realize that that's all great, that that's a great trait to have, but that there's a system and there's an institution that she represents and she needs to be respectful of and she needs to also allow people to figure her out on her own and not have to scream it in their face. It's wonderful. I think she comes in, she becomes an agent. She's now an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. She's got her jacket with her stuff and whatever. Last season, I was like, hello, listen to me. I know the future. And now she's going, you know what? I'm just going to follow orders. The other guys are in space. So she's really just following (laughs) May and Mac, you know, and really going. I think she's fallen and she's finally accepted her role in S.H.I.E.L.D., whereas before she didn't know if she belonged there. She wanted to help S.H.I.E.L.D., but she didn't belong, and she's finally accepted her role in S.H.I.E.L.D., and there's a humility that comes with that. Mac and Yo-Yo have always been a key sort of partnership or relationship through S.H.I.E.L.D., and as we roll into season six, that may not be necessarily the same thing as used to. Like, what has that been like for you? It was hard for me at first because... You get used to an emotion in your heart for the character. Yo-Yo always had enormous amounts for of love for Mac. And look, even if they're separated, she still does. But as an actor, a lot of the decisions that Yo-Yo made, I always put Mac in the forefront. I mean, she got shot the first season I was in to save his life. Then she went into the framework and basically committed suicide, but didn't. And then she lost her arms for him. Most of the decisions I would always make with Mac in the background. And this year, she didn't have that. And of course, she still was in love with him. But you're not going to make every choice of your life on a man that's not with you or doesn't want to be with you. So it shifted for me a lot of things. And I was, and it was a weird shift, not just personally, but for Yo-Yo too. And I hope that transfers when we see it on screen that she's just unstable a little bit she's not she knows where she's at she knows she's a soldier of shield and an agent of shield but there's this instability and it was a lot to do because mac represented those roots for her she didn't have anyone when she came to shield and she became her grounding and when that goes away there's a lot of complexities going on with yo-yo in season six Do you think this is sort of an opportunity for Yo-Yo to sort of like find more of herself? Yes. This season is more of an independent Yo-Yo. You get to see her alone in S.H.I.E.L.D. without a relationship. So she's there for the reasons that she's there, which is I am a member of this system and this institution and this family. And then, of course, when we do get back together, it's a different yo-yo. It's a yo-yo that now is established as an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes, you might be my director. But there's this groundedness to her now, I think. The more she works with Mac and things get resolved, you'll see that she finds her place here much more. I think that's such a great introspective of the fictional world to the real world. Yeah. And I think that a lot of women and men need to sort of find what it's like of course. to come into your own when you may have spent a long period of your life with someone else, yeah. a significant other or a partner yeah. or whoever. Because being alone sometimes is hard, but it's also sometimes incredibly freeing. Oh, yeah. Uh, tell me about it. <laughs> I'm married. Just kidding. <laughs> I love my husband. <laughs> so... You know, you guys work long days on set. Production life is hard, right? Yeah. You, you've made this amazing family here. What is sort of the thing that you take home? You're in your car, driving back to your house. You just work like a 12-hour day. What is the thing that you like, emotion or feeling? The or first thing? thing I said, I am riddled with gratitude and went in that car. And you see it on my Instagram stories. Literally, I am just shining because I've wanted to do this all my life. Being on that set with that crew every day and seeing them work 50 times as hard as we'll ever work inspires me to leave and say, if they do it, I can do it. And I have absolutely nothing to be a stinker about. So it's pure gratitude. It truly is. Even in the worst of days, I get on that car and I'm grateful to have been here. And I think all the fans at home are also grateful to you and your fellow ladies for getting up there and putting yourself out there so that maybe the next superhero will be another woman of color. Oh, yeah, for sure. I sure hope so. You know, what's important is not to be the first one, but to keep the door open. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Just like nope. Yeah, next, and then next, I, next. I get to not stop the door anymore, and someone else does. How great is that? You get to retire. Yeah, go I sit by your pool reti- in yeah. LA. <laughs> Just watch another Latina or brown girl be another superhero. I mean, now that's something to be grateful for. And important. Yeah. Very of important. Yeah. One fun final question for you: takeout. Yeah. What food do you think is Yo-Yo's favorite takeout, and what? is yours is it similar is it completely different yeah i think it's different my favorite is we usually get vegan food i'm so boring i love vegetables is that a weird thing i really love vegetables i love beets yeah and cucumbers i just had them at craft services i'm sorry i'm really excited about beets my husband is vegan so and i'm a pescatarian so we order from our favorite uh, vegan restaurant a lot uh thai vegan which is called bulan for yo-yo if she's in virginia she would find some latin place some Colombian or Mexican place and probably order from them all the time. Cause up there in the East coast, they have none of that tasty stuff. Like no, it's like, it's just kind of boring food, okay. honestly, but yes. she would probably go to like wherever. I all feel my like there are, are some great places, but they're like hidden gems. Yeah. That yeah like yeah. white people aren't allowed to eat it. Exactly. And I will say that I'm not allowed to eat. There. No, y'all take you. It's okay. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this was so amazing. I am so honored to have been able to sort of follow along with you guys. It's something that like every time I get to come back to set, I'm it sort of warms my heart a little bit. So. Oh, thank you, Mama. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak to all these people. Yeah. And to just have a conversation between two girls. Yeah, definitely. Sitting about in our- being, you know, the future yeah. of this world. I'm just talking about beets. No. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the the fright they might give you. Beet color poop is totally human. <laughs> I'm happy we just went there. I'm really happy we just went there. It's Judy again, guys. Hello. How many times, Judy? I don't know. So I don't know many. how many times, Ming. I've well, missed you. I've missed you too. Yeah. For everyone at home, we have Ming Na Wen here, who plays Hi. Agent May. So. Yeah. I actually like wish I had gone back and counted the amount of times that you guys have been on the podcast as Women of Marvel has found its feet and sort of moved forward four years, almost five. And, you know, the panels and every mm-hmm. time you talk to me. And also, I feel like I've grown as an interviewer through yes, you guys. Yes. I think you were kind of nervous that first oh, time coming so in, nervous. right? Yeah. You were um, uh, very enthusiastic, I remembered, and um, just excited and now yeah there's a there's a calmer demeanor i think because we're like old friends now i know it's been an honor to sort of follow along with shield and yeah i mean we were the first to spawn off marvel's television department and you know there were like iffy moments that first season whether we were gonna get a second season and now here we are in season six who would have thunk i know i mean it, every time that you guys got rooted in another season, I was like, ooh, more story. And yeah. But also for the fans at home to sort of follow along with the characters, because it's not like a rom-com, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, in my mind, it is a rom-com, <laughs> you know? Colson and May, what, what do we call ourselves? Felinda. Felinda? The adventures, the rom-com <laughs> adventures of Felinda. Unlike a rom-com, each one of you guys have struggles, right? That like a real life woman, being able to sort of watch how characters deal with these traumatic experiences or moments where they have power, they don't have power, or like, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like Agent May has experienced many of things in these last, you know, five seasons rolling into six seasons. But what has it been like for you to sort of be along for the ride? You know, when I first got this part... She wasn't very well defined. She was kind of this enigma, this quiet, badass character. And I was a little concerned because, you know, she never smiles. She doesn't laugh. She, I thought the audience would just kind of not like her. But as I started to understand who she really was and the trauma that she experienced and that she had this heart, but she's just not willing to show it, but she shows it in her actions she was the mama bear but also she was a teacher she was a loyal partner she was um a leader but not up front you know she was like the silent partner in a way and i love the fact that the audience got her 
because I think a lot of our audience has those experiences, whether it's about love or about family or even about themselves, that they can't express who they are or what their uh, dreams are, perhaps. Hopefully, in that struggle, through May's character, they've gained strength and inspiration, you know, that you can still, like, really contribute. I mean, I think for women, it's very hard to be outspoken, for us to be emotional or to be emotional. I'm using quotations for emotional, also Mm -hmm, in this scenario. mm -hmm. It is something to be able to see the fictional world come to the real world, and I feel like your fans have stuck true with you guys for so long. And it's, oh, yeah. We did that bit at New York Comic Con last year where we had you guys surprise your fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so fun. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was like, I was helping them pick out the fans that they should right, do. Right, right. Uh-huh. And just like meeting your fans, I feel like so much about what each one of your characters keep on moving forward. You know, that's a real testament to the talents of our writers, Every year, it's fresh and new and different, which is very, very difficult to do. I mean, when they first pitched the idea that we're going to be in outer space for season five, I was like, oh, no, we've jumped the shark. You know, (laughs) this is like, this is crazy. And then, like, they had this incredible first episode. It just blew me away. I don't know how they sit in a little room and they use their imagination and they come up with this dialogue to further our characters and yet make it marvel. We are part of the cinematic universe in a way because a lot of the other characters went to outer space, but at the same time, we stay true to what our show is. You guys are almost like that street level element, right? Yeah. Let's say street that. level. Street level, yeah. I feel like when I think of space, if anyone's going to do space well, it's going to be S.H.I.E.L.D. Come on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Also, when you think of outer space, you're like, that's strange, except for it's not at all in, in comics because so many of our characters are in space. So that's it's such true. a great connection. Tying back to like the many different years of S.H.I.E.L.D. and how you guys have sort of interconnected real life world, but in this fictional space. Well, I think that's what's so great about Marvel is that every movie every character no matter how fantastical they are we always stick to what humanity is about whether it's about losing a loved one whether it's about not knowing your identity or what you're capable of and needing inspiration to help you figure out what your potential is and we throw in a lot of humor too to mix it up and make it serious but fun and I think that's the magical combination for Marvel. It really is. I mean, I, I am a huge fan of all the Marvel films. I think whenever something that is as crazy as, like, when Thor, Ragnarok, Ragnarok. That, I can never pronounce that. There's two R's in there. Ragnarok. Okay, Ragnarok. It was an insane movie. But they made it work, you know? I think that's why uh, the fans keep growing internationally. It speaks a universality because it's based on humanity. It is interesting because we look at now at this climate and this moment of time, and Marvel is worldwide. Everyone knows it, right? But six, seven years ago, it was still picking up speed. Oh, yeah. Seeing you at Comic-Con and you guys walking down stage, like, I don't think we realize the importance of that moment, right? That there were, oh, look, there's one woman. Oh, look, it's another woman. Oh, mm. look, it's another woman. Mm. Oh, look, it's Milad. Like, I do remember whenever you came out. Everyone's like, <laughs> <laughs> And we've talked about this before. Yeah. Prominent woman on screen, mm-hmm. right? It is important, right? But also internally within your crew, within your cast. Yeah. You guys have all grown together. Yes. I've watched these little ducklings, you know, <laughs> spread their wings and come into their own. I mean, Elizabeth and Chloe, Ian, I mean, they were just little babies, really. They really were. They wouldn't want to think that. (laughs) I know I didn't when I was in my early 20s. But they have grown, and it's wonderful to see because this show is so family-oriented, and we have so much fun, and yet we've gone through a lot of ups and downs together. It's certainly an incredible learning ground for them as well to come into this. We have the best camera 
guys in the world. We have the best DPs, amazing directors, um, our writers. They couldn't have gotten this in any university. This was truly their university, their campus, Shield Campus. I like that. There you go. Yeah. Natalia actually said that. She was uh-huh. like, I don't know why I went to college. I should have just come and worked on the Shield. Side. Right. <laughs> but I, and I think it's important that it, it was a mix of young and people that are experienced. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you first came on set, that was many years ago, did you see this as sort of an opportunity for you to sort of become this mentor or did it just happen no, I'm too naturally? lazy for that. <laughs> <laughs> It's always great to, you know, if they're stressed out about something or whatever, you know, that they can talk and we can have those personal moments, you know, because we're all friends as well. And that says a lot too. working, you know, 14, 16 hour days. Sometimes you can really get sick of each other very quickly. But, you know, year after year, I think the basic thing is we keep reminding each other. And I think if Clark and I have contributed anything, being the veterans of the group, is uh, just reminding everyone how, how much of a privilege it is to have this job. This is a gift, and we should appreciate it all the time. I mean, we can moan and groan about being tired or being hurt or this line, I can't remember it to save my life. We got to re- rework it. But ultimately, it's just an incredible environment uh, to be working in. You should really recognize that all the time. It's been a privilege to see you guys year after year do this. Mm, thank you. Yeah, well, we love our fans for it, too. You know, they kept us alive. Trust me them wanting to DVR it and rewatch it and rewatch it again. Those DVR numbers save us each and every time, I think. Thank you. Thank you to the fans because not only do we love all your fan art and all those crazy new storylines you write for us. <laughs> <laughs> There's some sexy stuff in there. <laughs> I tell you. she would read those. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How could I not? <laughs> and it's nice when I go to these comic cons across the country and you get to be on one-on-one and they tell you these incredible stories of how Melinda May has inspired them, you know, to want to take up martial arts or to feel stronger as a woman or, you know, how Chloe has inspired, you know, a young girl to um, pursue whatever it is that she was afraid to pursue, you know, an Elizabeth's character being smart, that's also a weapon that a woman can use. And the fact that we have such a wonderful, diverse cast, from Natalia to me and Chloe and, you know, um, Henry Simmons, that is also a testament to our bosses, making sure that there's a universality in that, that everyone can find themselves in one of these characters. You know, you give a little bit yourselves. You go out and you are you give the fans an ability to sort of meet you. It's which is sort of almost like a new world sort of experience, right? Now. Completely. Like yeah. I mean, growing up, I wouldn't chase down like Backstreet Boys bus yes, in the would. parking lot. Yes, Thanks. you would, Judy. Yes, you. you would. You still would. But that's no. all you. But that's all you could do back then. The now we go to them. Yeah. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you guys are like served on a platter. Right. There we go. Right. Yes. But I think that's important. Yeah. That you but guys- I love it because I think you know the internet provides that too. I remember I would like write a fan mail to someone and Sean Cassidy. <laughs> I loved Sean Cassidy. <laughs> You know, the do run run. <laughs> Did they send you no. the headshot? Well, the thing is, is like Sean Cassidy sent a headshot or his managers or whoever it was sent the headshot, but it wasn't signed. And so I actually learned how to forge his signature and I signed his photo. <laughs> That's amazing. I Did you bring it into school such, and you were like, thought, look at me. Look what I got. Oh my God. I was such a nerd. Yeah, that would be as close as you could even possibly imagine. And now, you know, you could like tweet something out. And if I like it, I'll retweet it or, you know, I'll put a heart on it and like it or respond. That that is a whole other experience for me being from the theater. I love going to the Comic Cons and get in touch with, you know, them one on one. Yeah, it's a nice feedback. It's great that social media and conventions has grown with Marvel over time. Oh, yeah. Because every year I go to San Diego Comic-Con and it 
it's a reminder that a lot of us work in a windowless room. Mm. You guys specifically work in a, well, very windowless. You get to go outside sometimes. Yeah, occasionally. (laughs) But your stage is windowless and like, you know, you just work. You just get it done. And then everyone saw you come out for air. Yeah. And then you go back down. For us, when we go to a San Diego Comic-Con, like the first year, and this was even before the show aired, we filled Ballroom 20. Yep. And you feel like a rock star. That's all there is to it. And then when they showed the episode, the fans went nuts. And then we came back out. It was even a bigger response. For you guys, it was the first time you had seen the episode too, right? Yeah. (laughs) How crazy (laughs) is that? My son thought I was actually a real pilot. He was only seven at the time. He came backstage. He's like, Mom, I didn't know you could fly a plane. Did you tell him? Because it sounds like no, you were. because he was seven. You were like, look at my pilot I'm like, license. of course, of course, honey. <laughs> Mommy can do a lot of things. <laughs> this is a weird segue, but I'm going to go with it anyways. Uh, but, you know, at the end of season five, mm-hmm. you guys have this sort of traumatic experience where you said goodbye to Colson. Yeah, we gave a toast. Months before fans saw it. What was it sort of like to wrap the season, to sort of walk away? Well, here's the deal. Our writers are sadistic. (laughs) I'm just going to put it out there. Because they titled the episode, The End. (gasps) That is sadistic. (laughs) Okay. Did you like open your script on the first page? It says, The The End. End. I mean... I mean, if that was me, it would have just been 20 pages of blank script. (laughs) No, that's me. That's even more sadistic. I was like, wow, they're really preparing just in case. Because we hadn't gotten any notification about season six yet. And and we knew we weren't going to know for at least another couple of months, you know, because that's how these shows uh, work. So they were preparing just in case. They wanted to have a good enough ending to the series in case it was no longer just a season finale, that it was a series finale. And so when we did that scene and not knowing for certain, because, you know, you just never know, it was very emotional. And and I think it's going to be this way for season six for us again. We were hoping to hear by Thanksgiving. Now ABC is very sadistic. (laughs) Yeah, part two. Yes. That's our life. And it's very hard because we have grown so close with the crew, with everyone. We've seen babies being born. We've seen kids grow up. Had so many life experiences together. It's going to be tough at the end of every season because we don't know if we're saying goodbye or we're saying, hey, see you in a couple of months. But like also, you know, in that moment of time, you know that you've had this ability, this opportunity for more time with these cast and these crew and also like more time to grow, you know, Agent May in different directions. But she always kind of comes back. You know, Mac became a director of S.H.I.E.L.D. and May is kind of helping him and ushering him into that position. She trusts that he has the right instincts for it, perhaps without having the full confidence and she's trying to, you know, help instill that confidence in him. She's always that great friend that you want to lean on. So his character has gone from wanting to quit every other minute because he was just a mechanic and he didn't ask for all this, right, to becoming the director. So that's a huge growth. I mean, Chloe's character, Daisy, has been like Sky and then Daisy and then Quake and then Daisy. She's gone from being this sort of bohemian kind of like iconoclastic young girl who rebels to becoming a leader herself with superpowers. Elizabeth, Ian, I mean, their growth and their romance, come on, right? (laughs) Fitzsimmons, it's incredible to see that relationship develop. I mean, it's so beloved and they're just so damn adorable. Then there's, you know, Phil Coulson and Melinda May where we've had our secret of how much we care about each other finally come to a fruition only to have it manifest into, oh, wait, dude, you're going to die now. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so I think for my character, she grows in a way and yet I think her heart gets crushed each and every time. And so she retreats a lot back to being in her comfort zone. In the end, I think, ultimately, she goes back to that place of 
I'm going to protect myself because I don't want to be hurt again, you know, whether it's with Andrew or whether it was in Bahrain or, yeah, she's had a tough. I think, you know, it ties back to real life versus fictional life. Mm -hmm. There are women out there and men Mm. who have had to deal with that. Agent May has watched all these characters grow over time. But you also, I feel like, have had the opportunity to grow, too. No, she has. You know, she's she's realized that it's not about giving up and completely denying who you are. You know, that's what she did the first time around. She went and took a desk job. It's about taking those pains and taking those life experiences and coming out of it willing to help others and to share your strength with others and admitting to herself her true feelings. Those elements about her has been really fun to play. And then they always throw me those curveballs like, oh, wait, no, you're an LMD now. And oh, no, <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're not really your agent 33. Oh, and you have to play another person while playing yourself yes. on screen at the same time. Right, right, right. And a silver dress. <laughs> <laughs> it's been challenging and fun. I love it. You know, it keeps me in shape too. That's always a good thing. That's always a good thing. Go to the gym right now. Every time I look at Henry's, you know, biceps and pecs, I just go, "Ah, I got to do some more sit-ups and lift some more weights, man. (laughs) It is a good motivator. That guy is built like a tank. He's good. Yeah. It's not fair. No, it's not fair. Not fair at all. Yeah. Good genetics. (laughs) So you've been here for six, seven years. But you guys work long days. What is the thing when you get in your car, you've wrapped on a day in a set that you Mm -hmm. take home? Besides LA traffic. Besides LA traffic, yes. That, you know, whoo, we made it through another day because uh, every day is different. There are some days that's easy. I bring out my comfy chair, you know, or I sleep in one of the hammocks and, and it's great. And then there are days where you are in every single scene and you're fighting 15 hour days, 16 hour days. And you go away feeling like you've definitely accomplished something for the day. That's for sure. You don't go home not feeling exhausted. But an, an exhaustion accomplishment. Major. Like an accomplished exhaustion. Major. I mean, I don't think people out there realize what we accomplish. I've talked to some of my friends and they're like, oh, how long does it take to shoot an episode? Eight days, sometimes nine. They're like, that long? It's only it's only an hour, you know, <laughs> with commercials. People have no idea. Films, like they take a quarter of a page to like half a page. They can spend like two weeks on something sometimes, especially action stuff. The amount of action and all the storylines and the set buildings and the explosions and the costume changes and the makeup. Every department is scrambling to accomplish an episode in eight days. And it is truly a miracle that we make our days. And sometimes we go home early. Like today, I think we're going to get to go home early because Gary Brown's like, he's he's the man. I mean, <laughs> he's amazing. We just hit our 120th episode. That's a lot of hours. That's I mean, a that's lot of time. Every episode is almost like a mini movie. Seriously. Most movies are an hour, an hour and 45 yeah. to two, two hours. Right. Yeah. And it's that's a three month them. shooting schedule. Right. Right. And, you and we are... do it in eight days. Yeah. You guys are crazy. I work my like <laughs> 10 to six. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, we, to have, seven. Right, we have these elves that show up in the middle of the night and build these sets. And we show up the next day and like, oh, my goodness. How did this planet get here you know (laughs) (laughs) and spaceships and party rooms and it's it's ridiculous it really is I mean you guys are a well-oiled machine most of the time we'll have our hiccups you know because that's part of the fun I mean it's production life hiccups are the the way of the game yeah but hey it's it's really fun I wouldn't want any other job I mean it's like Halloween for us every day and we get to play dress up Although I do wear the same thing quite often. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Am I wearing black? Yeah, I'm wearing black, aren't I? That's very New York of you. (laughs) New Yorkers. True, true. Or Donna Karen. I mean, I think Donna Karen always wear black or gray. Like, that's all she has in her closet. (laughs) So it's very fashionable. You're so fashionable. It's just not very LA-like, but very New York. Yes, true. So HMA would fit in New York City very well. Very well. Yes. Very well. Yes. All right. So one final question for you. Mm Mm-hmm. 
what food would Agent May order for takeout mm. versus what would you order for takeout? Well, now you know I'm a foodie. Yes. Two parents who both cook. They're both chefs. Ran a restaurant. I love to cook. I eat everything. May sucks at cooking. <laughs> All right. She just has mingling. And have you ever noticed? They never eat. They do never eat. I just realized that when I was talking to yeah. Chloe. <laughs> if May was to eat anything, it's probably like those moon foods that you get. You the know, like if she, if she wanted like candy, it would be those dehydrated cotton candy that she pulls out of some cabinet and power bars. And that's good enough for her. Or or she probably has a bullet somewhere. and Like a blender? Ma- yeah, 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 and yeah. just makes herself uh, some sort of smoothie. I mean, it's a practical it. life. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think she appreciates good food. That's all right. That's what we have you for. Could you imagine May sitting down at a real like meal at a restaurant, like a Michelin star restaurant? Yeah, she would be so impatient. She'd be like, "Where's the waiter? Okay, how long is it food going to take to get here? I'll take it to go. I, I have places to go. I have lives to save." And I'd be like, "Can I get another glass of wine <laughs> with my appetizer?" No. What's your favorite food to, to order for takeout? You're in LA, so you got lots of options. Well, let's see. I, I mean, of course, Chinese food, if, if there's a good Chinese restaurant. But for takeout, takeout, I actually love a really great pasta dish. Though I make a really amazing chicken masala whenever I order that. You're I'm, judging I'm, it? I'm based always on your judging food? it. Always judging it. I was like, ah. I've had a couple that was really good. I do that for pumpkin pie. I make really good pumpkin pie. Ooh, I love pumpkin pie. Ooh. You're going to have to... Well, know. if I come out again later, I'll... Okay, I'll we'll have I'll chicken breeze. masala and pumpkin, pumpkin pie. pie. <laughs> what a we, I, I was like, you are saying that, and I was like, I don't know, maybe we should have like a, <laughs> a thing in the middle that we like. What, what are they? A uh, uh, palate cleanser. Oh, there yeah. Go. <laughs> Let me use the food I <laughs> <laughs> Well, it has been... And an amazing experience to continually come out to your set to meet you guys yeah. along the road and and experience you. Well, I just love that you are still so enthusiastic about all this because that's a long time to be with one company. It's awesome. Thank you. I love it. I mean, everybody's so transitional now where it's like, oh, wait, you know, I'm going to move on to this now or I'm going to jump on that boat or I'm going to go here and there. And it's nice to have someone who's devoted I mean, it's a to me. The family. Yeah. I am so devoted to you, Jimmy. <laughs> I'm devoted to your chicken masala. <laughs> and I'm devoted to your pumpkin pie. Now I want to try okay. it. Okay. Okay. Next time, where we're going to Okay. I promise okay. now. I'm going to ship you pumpkin pie. I'm what? not sure. It's going to make it in the mail very well. <laughs> and May will send you some uh, space cotton candy. <laughs> I want to say that as someone who watches a lot of science documentaries, the food that astronauts eat in space is actually supposed to be really good. Really? I think they're just so damn hungry because they're up there floating around. I don't all know. Day. If I just got to look at the Earth and space, I don't know if I'd ever be hungry. Mm, that's right? true, too. It's so Well, I got to. I got to look at the Earth from outer space, but it was, like, destroyed. <laughs> that was a fun episode. Well, that was, that was an impressive turn. I know. That was, but, hey, I got to fly an alien ship and talk about the Star Wars geek in me coming out that day. I was like, oh, my gosh, really? I get to... I get to fly an alien spaceship. An that alien is so spaceship. cool. <laughs> Did you go home and tell your son that you now know how to fly alien, alien spaceship? You know, yeah. And, and and I just love Adrian May. She's like, yeah, of course I've flown one. You know, when, when, uh, <laughs> that's so badass. I love that. I love that about Agent May because you know she's fulfilling my geek girl dreams. And Mark Kolpak. And his Fizz Effect team did such an amazing job in making those moments that we felt super foolish. I don't know if you saw the blooper when I couldn't say thrusters. I couldn't say thrusters. <laughs> no, I haven't seen this blooper. Oh, but I've seen a lot oh, of your you bloopers. You have to see it. You have to see that one. I said thrusters. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't stop laughing. Because, you know, you're in that moment where you're like, oh, my goodness, life and death, life and death. And you're trying to do all this stuff and make it really good. And then you come out with thrusters. <laughs> So you have to watch it. You have to watch okay, it. Okay, I'm going to go really back and fun. watch it. Okay. I always love your outtakes. I love bloopers. I wish they could show like the longer version of it, but there's too many things in it that they can't <laughs> I wonder show. why. I wonder why. Oh, my goodness. For our Christmas parties, I want all those copies of the long version. 
but Marvel won't let us have it. Welcome to Marvel. I know. Six years. That's I know. Silly Six case. years. <laughs> All right. So we're burning up in this yes. uh, room Well, this now. was amazing. Thank you so no much. No problem. Thank again, you, Judy. Love you. I love you too. Yeah. I love, love you guys too. Anyway, that we won't name. People we won't name in the in room. room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're not alone. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Well, that's it. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Ming. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for having me. Thanks again to Chloe, Natalia, and Mingna for joining us again on the Women of Marvel podcast. Hopefully we have them back even more times because they're all so lovely. Uh, you guys can tune in to Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC on Fridays at 8 p.m. And you should because it's a really good show. It's a solid Marvel show and it's been on forever. It's been on for like six, well, six years, I guess. Season six, <laughs> six years. Which is, it, which is an, an accomplishment in itself and... I highly recommend it to people who like are trying to get in, want more Marvel stuff. I mean, it's it's a good show. Yeah, I actually we uh, we had uh, I was talking to Clark. We had him in uh, the office uh, while we were doing promotion for season six, and he we were I was like Clark, do you remember that time you went to New York Comic Con? And we announced that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was coming and that you were part of the cast. And he was like, yes, I do remember. <laughs> and I was like, that was a long time ago. And he was like, it was. Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? I remember the first Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel at San Diego Comic-Con. God. In we... Ballroom 20. It was my first time in Ballroom 20. And I remember them, like, having, I remember when Elizabeth Hedgers came out and she was such a baby. And then Chloe Bennett came out. I was like, baby, I want to squish their cheeks. I know. And they're, I mean, they're still quite young. <laughs> But they're grown women now. <laughs> yeah, but they're yeah, they're they're grown women. It's 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 kind of cool seeing how much they've grown over the years. We've been here a long time. So I think that's the, the, the story here. Okay, yes. okay. We're gonna go back to our rocking chairs and drink our uh, sweet tea. Um, that's it for this week. We'll check you guys next time. This is Marvel, your universe. <laughs> <laughs>